Karlsson, Karlsson, världens bästa Karlsson Karlsson, Karlsson, hoj här kommer Karlsson Karlsson, Karlsson, ingen faktiskt, ingen annan Karlsson Killar jag så bra som mig Karlsson, Karlsson, Karlsson scores! Yes, welcome everybody to part two of episode 464 of the Keeping Carlson Fans Happy Podcast, recorded today, Sunday, December 4th. It is currently 8.47 p.m., and it is two degrees in Toronto on a beautiful Sunday evening. I'm your host, Elon Dubrovsky, and we still have a ton to talk about with fantasy hockey over the past week because we have outcheries, we have hot streaks, we have cold streaks with myself, I said I'm Elon Dubrovsky, and of course, our very good friend, Brian Comp. Brian, how are you feeling after going through all of those devastating injuries from part one? I'm ready to be uplifted by the outcheries and hot streaks to come. All right, well, let's start over in Columbus. Exciting times over in Columbus. Patrick Line is back in the fold. He had two goals on two shots Friday versus Winnipeg in the 4-1 win, so it didn't take him long. I guess it would have been nice to see him take like eight shots and then score those two goals, but I guess you're not going to complain. Columbus just finished their game uh, versus Detroit, and uh, Detroit won 4-2. Patrick Line, no points, but five shots. So, okay, we'll take it. Overall, now we've got two goals and seven shots in two games. Welcome back, Patrick Line. Brian, I traded Line for Jeff Skinner like a week ago. And Jeff Skinner also keeps scoring every game. So Line came back a lot earlier than expected. I made the trade mostly because I was like, I'm reeling here and I need some immediate help to my cupful team. And then as soon as like I made the trade, like two days later, it was announced that Line was going to be back ahead of schedule. So it's a little bit like dough, like another classic move for me in the 2022-23 cupful season. But uh, I guess I'm not too mad about it, right? They're probably pretty even. Who, who, do, who do you think does better rest of season? I'm, I'm happy with Skinner. I think you should be. I think it's pretty close between them. I, and like, li- they're both inconsistent, both kind of unpredictable. Line has more of an injury history, so maybe he got out from under that. But I think he also might, uh, like, I think he probably has the bigger upside. I, I think it's a fair deal, Elon. I think yeah. I-, I would personally prefer Line by a titch, but you traded an injured Line for a healthy Jeff Skinner who could have helped you right away. So I think, like, I-, I think that washes out any difference there might have been between them. Yeah, overall, I, I'm okay. Skinner also has a goal today. Or I, Liney didn't have a goal today. And Skinner had six shots in this game versus uh, San Jose, which still has a period to go. Uh, of course, I lost the trade because at the very end, I was like, I had to throw in a forward. And I just threw in Blake Wheeler. I had the choice of any forward. And I told you, Brian, on the last episode, all the great forwards on my team that I chose to keep instead of Blake Wheeler, who is red hot right now. So, of course, I still lost the trade. So, congratulations, Jordan. But okay, uh, Liney's back. I don't know really what to say about that. Uh, Elvis Merzlikens has also been activated from the IR, but hasn't played yet. Imagine holding him uh, and then like you know usually when a player is brought off the IR it means that you put him in your roster and you play him it's kind of frustrating that you had to drop someone uh, to bring Elvis Merzlikens in just for Corpusalo to play and Corpusalo had a great game versus Winnipeg on Friday stopping 37 of 38 so he got the start again today on Sunday and like I just said he lost to Detroit let's get the numbers here he stopped 31 of 35 not amazing, but doesn't look like the team helped him too much. So got to imagine Merce Lickens gets into the next game for Columbus. So if he's in free agency, maybe you stream him in. Hope that his time off has been an opportunity for him to do what I was hoping will happen with Thatcher Demko, right? <laughs> Get his head together and find the goal that he used to be. Exactly. That's what we're hoping for Merce Lickens. I mean, my hopes aren't sky high, but... Again, like this is like, uh, I mean, we talked a lot about Corpusala, right? And the narrative where, you know, it's bounced back with a great start. The thing is that he's always bouncing back. 
it, this is after his 974 performance. He always bounces back, Corpusala, because he always had bad he has bad games to bounce back from. His last four games going into today, uh, from the most recent, were 974, 875, 929, 838. So two big bounce backs from Corpusala in there because uh, he was bad in the others. So I am not a not a big fan of his. I, I don't think it's long before Alvis Merzlikens gets back in the net. I hope he rested up uh, like you, Elon, and you know whatever vacation he was on worked well. Um, I know better than to completely rely on Merzlikens, but I think at least he's going to be, you know, he, I don't know if he's going to see quite Spencer Martin, Arvid Soderblom volume, but I'm hoping he'll do better with what he faces than what those guys um, what oh. I expect those guys will do. Although, remember I said uh, Vancouver and, and Chicago were 30th and 31st in the league and expect goals against Pitt five on five. Guess who's 29th? It's the Columbus uh, Blue Jackets. Like, so who's 32? Oh, oh is Anaheim. it Seattle? Oh, no, Anaheim. Anaheim. Yeah. Um, by the way, I, another big difference is I think that like, Eugenius Corposalo is the starter now, right? Like he got these two games when Elvis was healthy. So it's a very big difference between Spencer yeah. Martin and Soderblom. I don't know. I, I think, I think, I don't Maybe think Corpus Allo is the fine. Maybe it's fine, 50-50. <laughs> I don't even think 50-50. Maybe, well, maybe think... it starts 50-50 and then eventually Merzlikens plays, you know, two of two of three. I don't think so. But but, we'll see. You're saying I, it starts 50-50. It starts with Corpus Allo playing every game. Then I guess you're <laughs> saying next it'll go to 50-50 yeah. and eventually you expect Merzlikens to take the job. I don't know. Yeah, Corpus but, Allo maybe is having a great bounce back season. He actually <laughs> well, has exp- over 900 save percentage. I explained why, it, why we can call it a great bounce back. It's because he falls so low so often. Yeah, but Merzlikens has been terrible. I don't know. Okay. Uh, agreed. Uh, Fine. Yeah, I, I definitely don't see Merzlikens having the same kind of volume that we thought he would going into the season. Corbisal has at least shown he can play well every other game, which, is, pretty good. which is better than what Merzlikens has been providing for a lot of the well, year. Well, hey, if Corbisalo can keep that schedule, then it becomes really easy to know when to stream him in. And you're going to do really well in fantasy. So hopefully he can keep it up. One good, one bad. All right. So next uh, in the Algeri front, we've got Tevo Teravainen, who made his return to the Hurricanes yesterday in the 4-2 win over LA. We talked about that game from the LA side uh, earlier in part one. Now let's look at the Carolina side, where Tevo Teravainen in these four goals, no points, womp, uh, from line two, power play two. He's playing this line two is with Sveshnikov and Kakaniemi. So you'd think with Sveshnikov, that should be pretty good. But yeah, Teravainen continues his disappointing season. He now sits at no goals and seven assists in 50. Games, so we're now under half point per game. Brian, how long would you hold waiting for a sign of life now that you've had to bring Tavo Teravinen out of the IR? Unfortunately, next week Carolina has a bad schedule. They only play Tuesday and then Saturday. So let's say he goes pointless again on Tuesday. We're still. Are we holding this guy all the way till Saturday? A busy Saturday. He does not have Brian Rust size patience from me. <laughs> Teravinen, like I'm not very hopeful at all for him as a non power play one guy. Uh, and I mentioned that the last time we spoke of him. That holds. Like, yes, there's some there's some unfortunate shooting. Like he hasn't scored on 21 shots. That's that's a shame for Tavo Teravinen. But he had 31 power play points last year, and he has not yet been on the ice for a power play goal scored because he's not on that top power play unit in large part. Um, so there's uh, top power play and second power play. That's that's 
like a 20 to 25 point difference. That's the difference between Teravine and being a 70, 75 point player versus a 50, 55 point player. And right now he doesn't have that top power play. Uh, like he, he's got to clear Stefan Nason somehow, which no one has been able to do. Uh, I think Teravine in ceiling without top power play time is probably 60 points. And that, again, that's the ceiling. Like I'm not expecting him to get above that without that top unit deployment. Elon, don't you have Teravine in? On your yeah. roster, what do you, what are you I gonna tr- do? Yeah, I don't I don't know, Brian. This is in a different league where I'm actually doing pretty well, and I traded for him when he was injured. You know, I had too many players. I wanted to, you know, open up a streaming spot. So I figured I'll be smart. I'll trade for an injured guy. Then when he comes back, you know, I'll figure it out then. Now I'm having to pay the piper. Now I've got him, and it's like I just dropped uh, Kirby Doc when I probably should have dropped Table Teravinen to to stream I, someone in. I would have dropped Teravinen before Doc. Yeah. Well, fantasy's hard. But we still do a podcast doing our best to, get, to give advice here. Like I was saying actually before the show started, uh, just with the people on YouTube, I feel like I'm giving decent advice. I feel like I'm not like uh, doing so well this season. I think my brain's a bit off and like following the good advice and making the smart decisions for my teams. I still feel like we're uh, dispensing the goods here on the podcast. And I think I agree with you that Tara Vinen is very concerning at this point. Um, one guy who is doing very well. Uh, okay, I'm not going to waste time again drooling over Nachas or Burns. They had big weeks. Uh, we, we know about them. Uh, let me mention Seth Jarvis, though, who we called a snoozer a while back. But he's hot again now. He's got five points in his last five games. He's been on the top line with Ajo and Nachas. Uh, so you'd expect that. That's a good reason why he's going to have five points in his last five games. Do you think Jarvis is good enough that people listening now that see him in free agency, should they jump on him even though Carolina has that bad schedule that I was just talking about next week? Uh, yeah the bad schedules are real like it's a bad schedule for carolina next week and jarvis is following this frustrating trajectory that we've seen i feel like we've seen it a bunch lately you know like get early season hype do nothing like maybe do something early then do nothing let us give up and then get good again like you know a a lighter version of maddie benears and how well he's done since um i didn't trade caitlin addison for him when they were both stinking and we said drop veneers. Um, yeah. So I, I like Jarvis on the top line, but I'm not sure I like him enough to hold him through the two game weeks. So I, I probably wouldn't. It depends on where you are in your standings, right? This is like, if you have to, if you're, if you're fighting every week for your survival in your league, I think I'd let him sit. Uh, but if you can afford to be patient or don't mind giving up, this week potentially and losing a couple games because you're holding Jarvis, then yeah, then then you could go get him. Although Elon, this is a mistake that I think I've made a couple times this year, including with Arturi Lekkinen, where I was I was looking too much at the short term and not enough at the long term. Which is like something I've tried to do more of. Like I feel like I've always been more of a long term guy and I'm trying to swap to the short term, but still not making the right choices. It's it's a tough strategic call because if you grab him now and suffer through this week, but he's great for the next four or five and helps you win matchups, then it doesn't matter that he wasn't doing much for you this week. So I guess that's your question to me. Is 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 the potential worth it? I would say without being on the top power play, and with I assume if Nason ever leaves it, Terravining gets on it. Um I don't think so. I don't, I don't think I would, I, would, I would deal with him on my roster. I love that Jarvis is on a good run. I love that he's on the top line. But I don't know he's going to be sure shot roster ball all year, which is why I don't think I am going to hold him or go for him through a two-game week. Yeah, I think that's fair. Hey, you could always like see if he's still available closer to Saturday 
then you know then you're not giving up maybe too many games by adding him and maybe then you take another look uh, but I, I concur probably like a 60 points though he is like a very high pedigree guy so it is possible that he's going to continue to go off here and maybe he will take that top power place but he wasn't top power play to start the year if you recall uh so next up let's go to toronto oh i was going to mention jordan martinook had a hat trick for carolina i guess if we're not adding seth jarvis we're probably not going to recommend for people to grab martinook uh for a bad week but uh good for him to have uh three goals versus st louis and he picks up another assist versus la so nice little run good for him for it's almost Mr. like when i brought him up a few weeks ago and you dismissed me completely they, and, they then might he been, nothing, and then he and did, then he did nothing. nothing. <laughs> and then he did nothing. And then he did nothing. But my point, my point then, as it is was now, that at one point this season he's going to have a good game. You yeah. called it. No, no. I'm going to say that about uh, who? Who should I say that now about? I think that Paul Stasny is going to have a two goal game well, at some t- point. Talk about season. someone who's way off the radar in Carolina. <laughs> Forget him. So there you go. He's done. But now, now I'm going to be able to rub it in your face when he has that good game. <laughs> okay. All right. Like, oh, I get, like I, just like I predicted. I get your point. <laughs> All right. Let's go to Toronto now. Ilya Samsonov returned for the Leafs versus the Sharks earlier this week. It was amazing. He stopped 23 of 24 in the win. Uh, the Leafs then went back to Matt Murray for the game versus Tampa on. Saturday, Murray, not as amazing, but they were against Tampa Bay, to be fair. Uh, he only stopped 29 of 33 in a 4-3 overtime loss. You know how I feel about these overtime losses. Let's just call it three goals against. It's a lot harder to stop uh, goals when it's three on three. Anyway, moving forward, do you think Keith is going to stick with Murray as the starter since he's won four in a row before the loss yesterday? He also has seven straight games without a regulation loss. I'm talking about Matt Murray. So he's been very good for the Leafs, and the Leafs are on a roll winning games. So like one tr- school of thought would be to just keep rolling with what's working and play Matt Murray the vo- you know majority of the games. Another school of thought is Matt Murray is the most injury-prone goalie in the world outside of maybe Petr Mrazek. So you're probably smarter to go 50-50, especially since Samsonov did pretty well. So... No way to know. But what's your prediction of what the Leafs are going to do with their goalies? Well, they have two fragile goalies. And I I feel like the Leafs might elect to keep them both as rested as possible so that they're as healthy as possible. So I expect Samsonov and Murray to trade starts, assuming that they're both putting in the same quality uh, when they are on the ice, which I expect them to, for better or for worse. Um, I would I would not expect volume from either guy unless someone really blows it or someone really gets hot. And I feel like neither of these guys is going to be able to hold a really hot run for long enough to keep the other, like to, to really push the other off the mat. Um, so, that's, uh, so that makes me like both Samsonov and Murray in a rates league, but in a volume situation, I, I have Murray in a league that basically only counts goalie wins, and I'm wondering how much longer I hold him. If he's only going to play every other game, even if he wins most of the time, uh, he's still not getting a whole lot of wins from him. Yeah, but that's just your guessing, right? I wouldn't drop him yet because so far no. he's been a huge volume guy. No, no, I'm, hold, I'm, yeah. I'm wondering. I'm keeping an eye on things because he, yeah. he's the presumptive starter because, as you mentioned, he's been on a good run. He's playing well, but Samsonov came in, played well. Murray lost, so we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Shalgren had a good game at one point. Uh-huh. Murray still got to play. But yeah. obviously, Shalgren is not as good as... <laughs> totally different situation. Yeah. Uh, okay, by the way, we had a question from another Brian, Brian Zed on our Discord. Who ends with a higher point streak? Marner, who's cur- currently at 19, or Robertson, obviously Jason Robertson, who's currently at 17. Both, like, two of the hottest players in the league. Uh, Jason Robertson, we've drooled about way too much to, like, dive into some more. But just gut feeling, Brian, Marner or Robertson, who's going to have the longer streak? I'm going to go Marner, one, because he's already two games ahead. And I feel like 
you know, he doesn't have as much pressure to score to keep his streak alive as Robertson does. It's I think it's easier to assist than to score. Though the way Robertson is going, you may question that kind of thinking. He's making scoring look very easy. But yeah, I will. Uh, I'll go Mitch Marner, even though this is not at all a knock against anything Jason Robertson is. It's a coin flip, but I'll take Marner. Yeah. How about you? Uh, just for fun, I'm going to go Robertson here. He, uh, By the way, this question was asked before today's is, game. Is the fun part being contrarian? The fun part is like he's behind 17 okay. to 19, but now it's actually 18 because Robertson played today. And of course, when Dallas loses 6-5, that means five goals for Dallas. So of course, Robertson got in on a couple of them. I'm surprised he didn't get in on three of them. Only one goal and one assist for Jason Robertson. So a bad game for him, but still he keeps the streak going. Also seven shots, this guy. So good. I'm so excited to see where we're going to be ranking him when we are like you know making rankings for next season. Obviously, we'll see how this season plays out. By the way, Rupe Hints, three goals and one assist in this game. Joe Pavelski, three assists. That top line, just beautiful. But they still lost. <laughs> so I should, I should give credit to Minnesota here. There's a guy in Minnesota, Connor Dewar. He scores every once in a while from the fourth line. Just throw that name out there. Actually, while I'm mentioning Minnesota, let me jump to the streak section super quick. I was going to bring up Joel Eriksson-Eck, who scored today. I think someone asked about him on our Discord, but I don't have it written down here. But he's someone that I feel like, Brian, we haven't talked about like all season. And he's having like such a good season. And I feel like it's kind of criminal that we just like haven't like he has tw- with his goal today, Joel Eriksson is up to 22 points in 24 games. He's been on the top power play all season. I feel like we've talked about like Kalen Addison on the top power play a million times. We've talked about Sam Steele playing on the top line a few times now. We don't even mention this guy on the top power play that's actually producing season long. So I don't know. Just wanted to give him some, I don't know, maybe now this is your opportunity to throw some cold water on him and say that he's not going to keep it up. But I just, I just wanted to bring him up and be like, kudos to anyone who drafted Joel Erickson. Eck. You probably got him pretty late. And he's been a real, especially if your league counts hits, by the way, he's also great for hits. If your league counts face-offs, I don't even know how high, high he'd be ranked. Probably, probably very high. He's also taking a lot of shots. He's doing everything. He's like a Boone Jenner. Yeah, that's a really great comparison for Eck. Give him all the credit especially this week. He dropped so many couple points against me, kept me from ending uh, Nathan's undefeated season in Tier 3 Binghamton. He's 8-0 now. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm now on a three-week losing streak at 4-4. Four and four. Uh, So I definitely noticed how great a week Joel Erickson Eck was getting. He also, you know, picks up a couple hits per game, which is nice. There's another thing he does. Uh, And I agree. Uh, Eck deserves love. You know, after all the nobodies, like think of all the guys we've talked about on Minnesota this year as we try and jump on whoever's playing with Kaprizov or like the next big thing. Is it Sam Steele? Is it Freddie Gaudreau? Uh, Kalen Addison? Uh, meanwhile, Eck is quietly delivering for all who drafted him. I guess I should be saying Erickson Eck when I say his name. One reason why he's doing so well is he's participating on about 30% more goals at 5-on-5 five five than he usually does. So they'll regress a bit. But I think we're seeing uh, Eck really emerge, or Erickson Eck really emerge as somebody who's uh, who might be like a Jenner reliable type. This is Erickson Eck's sixth full season in the NHL, his previous best was a 53-point pace last year. It's looking like a pretty good bet for at least a 60-point season, possibly 65, making him the second-best EK in the league. Hmm. Okay, <laughs> there you go. Uh, he's doing really well. Yeah, Eric Carlson also doing very well. By the way, Brian, just to throw it out there, because no one cares, but I still just want to say it, uh, I'm in a very tight matchup in the Bubupful. Uh I'm playing against Ben from Short Shifts, and I'm currently winning 226.4 to 225.2. 
and I've got Eric Carlson and Patrick Kane, and he's got Peugeot, Barabanov, Parise, and Beauvillier with like a period left to go in their respective games. So I might be a little bit distracted for the second half of this part two of this episode. It's just a little warning there. Uh, very interesting. So everyone, please cheer for Eric Carlson, Patrick Kane to have a big third period today on Sunday. Uh, by the way, I wanted to mention, since we were on Toronto that this Mitch Marner guy who's on a great hot streak, you probably want to know who's playing with him. It's not been Austin Matthews. I think we mentioned that last week. It's been John Tavares as the centerman. And Nick Robertson has been playing on the wing with Marner and Tavares. And he didn't get any points in the last couple games, but he did take three shots in each of the last couple games. So if you're looking for a deep stream, like uh, you know Nick Robertson in a really good spot. I know we've said this before and he didn't really do anything. So you're probably just thinking like, ah, forget it. He's a guy that I, but you know, Brian just said before about like, like a Seth Jarvis. You know, at one point we were interested and then he let us down. It's always possible that Nick Robertson, a high pedigree guy in a good spot, could actually start going off at, at some point. So just wanted to throw him out there. Yeah, and the player Robertson has bumped is is Alex Kerfoot, who I think has purpose on the third line, maybe more so than he does on the second line. So we'll see if Nick Robertson can hold this time around. He hasn't before, and I'm not sure if anything has changed. He, he doesn't seem to be loved by the coaching staff and someone who they really want to put in a position to succeed. So, uh, yeah, well, wait, I, it feels to me almost like a pool Yarvi situation last year where like he was the obvious choice to play with McDavid, but uh, they seem to be grudgingly put him there. And he also wasn't ever really to capitalize on a regular basis. So keep an eye at least on Nick Robertson. He's in a great spot and like Jarvis is worth having a look at. I think for this week, I would, rather take a shot on Robertson playing more than two games than Seth Jarvis. Yeah, that's fair. All right, let's go to a couple more outjuries here before we end uh, part one of this part two. I guess we need to come up with different words for like part one and part two of the of the episode and of the part of the episode. You know what I mean? So, someone help me out with this. But anyways, I want to go to Tampa Bay next. Anthony Sorelli returned uh, for this game versus Toronto that happened on Saturday. And he had a great game. Two assists in only 12 minutes and 51 seconds of ice time. Normally, Sorelli plays more than that. So I'd imagine maybe he was getting eased in or maybe not because he was on the third line with Nemesnikov and then sometimes Pat Maroon or sometimes Ross Colton. Uh, by the way, one of those assists came on the OT winner that Alex Killorn scored. Uh, I assume that we're not going be that interested in Anthony Sorelli if he's going to stick on line three and I guess power play two uh, but uh, he, he's also someone that could easily get bumped up the lineup as we've seen in the past so he's definitely someone I'll be watching closely Brian any thoughts on Anthony Sorelli nope okay and then uh, the other big news in Tampa is in that game Victor Hedman we're just going to have to talk about Victor Hedman every episode for the rest of the season, right? So he jumped back on the top power play. Uh, we had a clip tweeted at us from, I believe it was Michael, right? The same guy who you got your Hedman information from last week, who said, wasn't it like, Brian, you were saying on the show how you were so interested in this uh, in- information about how like Hedman, it's like Sergachev's spot to lose at this point. You know what I'm talking about? I remember. Yeah, okay. So Michael now wrote to us today to give us a link to a clip from the game where Sergachev was, you know, taking the puck out of the zone on the power play. And then he just like gave it away basically to Mitch Marner and Marner scored a goal. And then after that, Victor Hedman took over as the defenseman on PP1. So it turned out it wasn't maybe the the offense that cost Sergachev, but the defense with the man advantage. And so now obviously who knows if that's going to last going into the next game. But imagine if after all of this, like one bad play, and now we're back to Hedman on the top power play. I, I should point out that Hedman didn't get a point and then Sergachev did get a point in that game versus Toronto but I guess yeah we're gonna have to watch game day tweets at this point 
and see if uh, Tampa decides to go. You know, I guess one thing with the whole story is like at the end of the day, he is Victor Hedman, right? And Tampa Bay has won like cups on his back. And maybe it's like at some point they just have to do the respect thing and like give him his job back. I wonder if that like plays into it at all. At the same time, I feel like it would be, I agree with you, Elon, but it feels like it would be disrespectful to like yank the job from Sergeyev because of one giveaway. It's like, hey, you were on borrowed time. We were waiting for you to slip up. Get out of here. Make room for Hedman. Like, if that's the plan, I feel like give Sergeyev one last game, schedule it. Uh, that's how I would do it. But maybe I'm, I'm, I'm not an NHL coach. I'm not cutthroat. So yeah. Well, anyway, uh, all that to say. If, if someone's not, like, watching, like, the third period power play de- deployment, maybe now's a good time to try to trade for Victor Hedman because he's still got no points. He's still on, like, this big cold streak. So I'm not saying anything. Like, it could easily just be Sergachev continuing what he's been doing all season. That was just, like, a one-half-game punishment or something. But if you could get Hedman for peanuts, which I believe Ben made a reference to in a recent episode, and it was, like, a, a peanuts reference, like Charlie Brown and those people. By the way, there's a, a fun peanuts reference on the last episode of Survivor. So I've got peanuts. That's the cartoon coming at me from all angles in my life lately. Anyway, uh, maybe see what you can get Hedman for. Who, did I, who I said someone else that people should try to trade for. Oh, yeah. Um, that goalie who's in Demko. Trade for Demko and trade for Hedman if you can get them super cheap. That's my advice for this episode. Uh, yeah. One more outtree, Brian. Okay. Uh, Travis Konechny back for Philly. He's scored in both games since his return versus Tampa and New Jersey. Only 58% rostered on Yahoo. Jeez, like, what does Travis Connecting have to do? I guess he was injured, so maybe he was being dropped in leagues where people didn't have room in their IRs. But get him back on your team. Let's go. 21 points in 19 games now. To me, he's, like, the best player on the team. I know Kevin Hayes also, sure. But it's like, you, like, Konechny is the straw, straw that stirs the drink over in Philly when he is on the roster. So 58% roster. I, I, I think that's going to go up to, like, 75 before too long, 80. You know, I don't know how many inactive leagues there are on Yahoo where he'll just never get added. But he's great, okay? And by the way, I should mention the latest lines, which could easily change again because Philly's lost the last couple of games. But Noah Cates has been the third stringer, I guess, the third wheel on the line with Konechny and Kevin Hayes lately. And Noah Cates has been on the top power play. Brian, who is Noah Cates? And should we be interested in him? Noah Cates is uh, 23 years old in his first full pro season. He had uh, nine points, five goals and four assists in 16 games with the Flyers last year after he finished his college career with uh, the uh, North Collegiate Hockey I messed up that acronym. The NCHC, uh, University of Minnesota Duluth, fifth round pick, 137th overall in 2017, uh, was when the Flyers selected Noah Cates, which was a really boring draft. Actually, I was looking for other relevant players. Batherson was picked 15 spots ahead of Cates at 122. Really no one else of value like some defensemen who do boring stuff like decent top four guys but uh, no one else of fancy value beyond the first picks of the third round with fabian zetterland and uh, morgan geeky going early in the third but i guess there's still time for some players to emerge like noah cates but i'm not sure the sky is the limit for him he, he comes with some measured regarding upside but if i'm remembering charlie o'connor's beats interview from the summer he was like yeah he has some upside but doesn't quite have it all together as someone we know is going to be like consistently successful in the league, but it's not surprise. It's not so surprising to see him get at least a look on the top line before, uh, before Cam Atkinson gets outjured. And I hope we'll be talking about him next week. Oh yeah. That'll be fun. Yeah. That'll be a reason maybe to not be too excited about Noah Cates. Philly does play four games next week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Sunday. So, you know, 
maybe if you get an update saying that Atkinson's not coming back till next weekend, then Cates could be a decent stream there on line one, power play one, if he sticks. All right, Brian, we still have some streaks to get to. A lot of fun, hot and cold streaks. And we're going to get to all that in just a sec. You're listening to Keeping Carlson. All right, Brian, we are back for the second half of part two here, where we're finally going to get to some hot and cold streaks. Not that we've not talked about like a ton of them as we've been going through the injuries and outries, but now we're officially in only streaks. So no more players who've been out of their team's rosters for a while. It's guys that have been around and have been doing things or not doing things. And we have to go to Buffalo. Norm literally just wrote in the chat, speaking of players we should care about, do we care about Jack Quinn? Eight points in his last eight games, but doesn't seem like his deployment is phenomenal and ice time isn't there. Okay, I will maybe argue and say... I think you may want to say that his deployment is phenomenal because he's playing with Dylan Cousins. And anyone playing with Dylan Cousins is in a really good spot right now because Cousins is on fire. Four goals and two assists in his last three games. And I wrote that before Buffalo played today. And Buffalo is still playing today. It's four to two right now. And I'm guessing, yeah, another two assists for Dylan Cousins. A goal from Jack Quinn, which I assume, oh no, it was a power play goal from power play two. Or maybe power play one. I don't even know because Darlene has an assist here too. So I don't even know what's going on. But Jack Quinn had a goal today. Uh, Cousins, I'm seeing, like I said, two assists. There's another guy on that line who's JJ Paterka, who also scored a goal today, assisted by Dylan Cousins. So I feel like that second Buffalo all of a sudden has two very excited lines. There's We, of course, have the Skinner and Thompson and Tuck line. But I'm almost, no, I won't say as interested in, but I think at this point, we're getting to a point where you have to be very interested in anyone on this second line as well. Three very exciting young players. Brian, what, what do you think? Uh, like, let's say you've got Dylan Cousins in free agency, and let's say you've got, like, Tavo Teravainen on your team. Oh, I should mention, by the way, Cousins is on the top power play now. That's very exciting, right? So is it an easy drop? Yeah. Drop Teravainen for Dylan Cousins? Yeah, I was going to jump in before you added that extra p- data point about Cousins. But yes, yeah, j- do that now. Pause the pod. Drop Teravainen for Dylan Cousins. I really, like, coming into tonight... Uh, five goals on his last 18 shots, which would make me say, oh, yeah, he's shooting like 20 over 25 percent. Can't can't hold this. But the assists have been coming in pretty steadily, too, for Dylan Cousins and everything. Everything is up for him across the board. And, and just like on its face, 18 shots over five games. That is pretty great. And again, that's coming into tonight's action. Where yeah, by Brian. Yeah. Six shots today. Amazing. I love Dylan Cousins. Everything is up. His time on ice, his deployment, his scoring, his shooting, his expected goals. Uh, Remember, this is a seventh overall pick in 2019. He's 21 years old uh, from Whitehorse, by the way, Yukon Territory. Cousins looks really good, and I want him. And one of the things you said about him was uh, this second line is use the word exciting. And that's it. I'm excited by Cousins, Quinn, and Paterka. This is a fun second line. Think about the guys who are no longer here. Uh, they're so boring. Victor Olofsson, Casey Middlestat. Like, get get them out of the top six. It's about time that we had some excitement in there. Um, and I am uh, I am pretty pretty excited to see maybe a new line two torch passed in Buffalo to Cousins, Quinn, and Paterka. Yeah, and so as far as Quinn and Paterka, they're not on the top power play, so not as exciting as Cousins. But yeah, definitely. Like next week, Buffalo plays Wednesday, Friday, Saturday. So I think if uh, come Wednesday morning, Quinn and Paterka are still out. Like Cousins, you have to pause the pod, like Brian said, get him ASAP. Uh, come Wednesday morning, if Quinn and Paterka are still out there, I think they're like amazing streams to get three games in four days. And then you reassess after Saturday if they do well enough to hold them. But uh, yeah, like Brian said, very exciting line. Okay, next up, let's go to Calgary. Dan Vladar. I think at one point you told me it was Vladash. 
And then I think I said Vladash, and then people were flaming me on our Discord saying, why are you calling him that? So I don't know. But this guy, Dan, is, is I think, stealing the net in Calgary, or at least making a claim to steal the net in Calgary. Big win versus Washington yesterday. Uh, Vladar slash Vladash stopped 27 of 29 in the win. He's now played four of the last six games. Meanwhile, Jacob Markstrom, not good so far this season. Kind of like Demko-esque. He has an 889 save percentage in 17 games this season. He let in 17 goals on 19 shots in the loss to Montreal on Thursday, which obviously is why Vladar, Vladash got the start on Saturday. I'm, I'm looking forward to you coming we in and correcting v- Vladar. Vladar. Vladar? Is, I, I'm, reading the, uh, I'm reading the pronunciation guide from last year. We were told once upon a time that because he's Czech, like remember there was Stan Neskash on the Sens, N-E-C-K-A-R. Mm-hmm. And so I think maybe back home... It, it's Vladash, but maybe it's just been Anglic- Americanized. All right, so we're going to go Vladar for it's now. It's Vladar. Oh, Vladar? Well, I'm seeing, yeah, that's, that's how I'm reading the pronunciation. So it's like batter. Dan Vladar. Vladar. Yeah. Okay, Dan Vladar, we got it. Well, we're going to have to get it right, because I'm like I'm saying, it looks like he might be becoming a significant threat to Markstrom for games. He's having a much better season so far, though, of course, he's only played like a third of the games. But yeah, really good. So, Brian, what do you think? Is it time for people to at least speculatively add Vladder to their fantasy teams? Calgary plays four times next week. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets at least two, maybe even three of the games. So I think at the very least, grab Vladder now if he's available for next week. And then we can see. But yeah, Markstrom is really not doing so great. And I guess I guess the flip side of the question is how nervous are you as a Markstrom manager? Yeah, I'm concerned, and I wouldn't have expected to be concerned. I have marks from in this volume league I was talking about where where I have Matt Murray, and like a volume starter on a good team is gold. Like it's a ticket to contention. You need one. And now I'm, I'm I'm really upset about what's happening to Jacob Markstrom, who is being outplayed by Dan Vladder. Once upon a time, remember Vladder was uh, going head-to-head with Jeremy Swayman for who would be the next Bruins goalie after Tuka Rask before Allmark was in the picture. They chose Swayman, but Vladder's looking like, like he was up for the challenge, at least at this point. Um, and Calgary's just a game above 500. They're fifth in the division. If the playoffs started today, the Flames would not make the playoffs. So there's no time to spare. I could see them going with Vladar, like you said, at least twice next week, at least until he falters or Markstrom proves capable. Like both haven't happened for a little while now. Um, and it's really frustrating for me. And like, I think most fantasy managers to see another volume starter who we thought we could rely on biting the dust here. You know, we lost Demko. We've lost Markstrom. Uh, Merzlikens, Flurry, Bobrovsky, Bennington, Campbell. Like, I, I could go on. These are all the guys that we thought were volume goalies coming into the year who are no longer volume goalies. What a crazy year. I mean, it's, it's in a month, maybe things will have, have restored to the course we would have expected in Calgary, but at least for the short term, if you have Markstrom, you're going to need to look at how to make up those starts some other way. Yeah, well, one way is to get Vladder. And then you could just be guaranteed. And then you could just kind of hope that for maybe Mark, then you hope Markstrom gets injured like Demko did, which isn't nice. But then you could just get the starter because you have ladders having a a really big season. Uh, I guess I'll also bring up a cold streak in Calgary while we're here which I could be bringing up a lot of people, but I'll bring up Nazem Kadri. He had an assist yesterday versus Washington, but that was his first point in eight games. What the heck happened to Nazem Kadri? Like he was having such amazing, like I remember at the start of the season, we were talking about how Huberdo was cold and like Lindholm. And we were like, the only person doing anything is Nazem Kadri. Now it's like flipped. 
Like, I don't know. Is this like a buy low time? Are you going to tell us that like Kadri is really good and now is a great opportunity? Or is it like snoozer time? Maybe we need to be really worried that just like Kadri had that one really awesome year in Colorado. And now he's doing what he did for the rest of his career, which is being like rosterable, but not amazing. More likely to me that this is a buy low moment for Nazem Kadri as opposed to a snoozer moment for him. Uh, and, and all of Calgary, by the way, there was so much fancy value to be found there last year, like following up on our Markstrom talk. There's so little fancy value to be found there this year. And Kadri himself, low low participant at five on five in goals that are being scored in about, he's in on about 20% fewer goals than he normally is. I think that'll regress. And one big problem for Kadri and really everyone in Calgary is their power play is not good um, and has not been performing well because of that. They are just two for 21 uh, in power play opportunities in their last seven games, which is about the same length as Kadri's dry spell. Over the last 18 games, the Flames have scored just seven power play goals in 54 opportunities. That goes back to late October. Like I said, the power play hasn't been great. Like if I'm looking at the the stats that I like to measure power plays by, they're in the bottom third of the league. But that's still this is still worse than even that would deserve the 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 drought that this power play is on. So I think you just wait. Because all the other indicators for Kadri are there, weighed out uh, for his participation to to increase as we'd expect by regression, and for the power play goals to be coming a little more regularly for the Flames, and I think he'll start performing closer to what you would have expected when you drafted him. All right, well that's good to hear. If you have Nazem Kadri on your team, I actually added him in my dynasty league. Uh, where like I just decided to take he was doing so well at the start of the year and he was in free agency because of his contract right like seven years I think is it what is it seven million a year some high number for a long time and he was doing so well I just figured like I and I cleared space I was actually pretty happy with it I traded away Cal Peterson and John Klingberg to make the space and, and goalies are like impossible to find and then when Cal Peterson obviously got sent down I felt really smart but then I, when I look at like how I filled the space with Nassim Kadri he's not doing anything that's not making me feel great so hopefully what you said is correct Brian for this year and the, and the next few years it would be nice uh, let's go to Ottawa. Now we got a, another hot goalie to discuss in Cam Talbot. Four straight quality starts. To be fair, Anton Forsberg did play well versus the Sharks yesterday when he played the second half of the back-to-back. But I wonder if it's like too little, too late. Like it seems like Talbot is emerging as the starter. Though I guess this could be a Matt Murray Samsonov situation where, like, obviously Forsberg was injured, so that's why Talbot was getting all the games. Uh, but I just wonder. I, I, Brian, I know I brought him up before, and you've always said like you don't have much faith in Talbot. You think it's fifty-fifty. But I don't know. When I look at it, I see like Cam Talbot emerging as a starting goalie here just like he was like last year you know like i mean he's been a starting goalie in the league and uh i don't know i think that maybe it's looking like he might be in ottawa but i'm ready for you to tell me that you went to that game yesterday versus san jose and what you saw from anton forsberg was the stuff of not a backup goalie yeah forsberg looked really good and i know talbot has looked good lately like i i'll be honest elon i'm kind of bored of this conversation I, all right like, next i know Brady you think Kachuk. you think talbot's <laughs> emerging but i'll always say anytime you think talbot's emerging he's not far from submerging uh, and, and Forsberg <laughs> okay. looked good enough to be able to to give the Sens another option. I mean, I don't know if he can do that night in, night out, but he looked really good against San Jose. He made some pretty key saves. And uh, like I, I, I like that you're always thinking about this. It's good to know who has the upper hand in this. But uh, on the whole, I don't I don't think anyone's on their way to a workhorse workload. Yeah, I just I don't think that Forsberg's ever had the upper hand. It's always either been 50-50 or Talbot is ahead. So I think moving forward, I would take Talbot if I was picking between the two for what it's worth. Uh, we have an actually interesting question from Ashley here in the chat. Vladar, Vladder or Skinner? 
I guess, I'm assuming like a Stuart Skinner over in Edmonton. We haven't checked in on them in a while. Skinner, I imagine, is still playing all the games, and Jack Campbell's still not doing much. Uh, I believe I haven't heard to the contrary. Let's see. Edmonton yeah. did have that loss. Skinner, to Chicago. He's honestly his last four starts have been and kind of good. kind of bad. Eight twenty one against New Jersey, eight ninety three and a win against Florida, eight forty and a win against Chicago, nine oh nine and a win against Montreal. So he's won despite playing pretty subpar but he, he's still starting um yeah I, I still don't see like jack campbell hasn't still hasn't stepped up and been like i can do this job so until that happens i like i feel like um skinner is the talbot elon in the situ- in the situation uh, to to put the analogy there except i think mm-hmm. he's further ahead of uh campbell than talbot is ahead of forsberg yeah i think forsberg is better than campbell at least from what we've seen this season. So I think it makes sense. Yeah, yeah I, I would take Skinner over Vladder. Me just too. because Markstrom, Markstrom should be better. But you never know. He might just have lost it. Like, remember, uh, you know, Corey Schneider, like one year all of a sudden was bad. And I was like, well, there were, inju- we're There were him. injuries involved, right? And I, yeah. I don't know that the, I, I don't recall an injury to Markstrom. That was No, I guess significant. not. But he's not a young guy. Well, actually, he's only 32. He's a lot younger <laughs> than I think I realized. Okay. I don't know what's going on with Jacob Marks. Hopefully, he bounces back. But okay, yeah. let's move on to another guy in Ottawa who I, I, I yelled out when you said you're bored of this convo. Brady Kachuk, no fantasy advice to give, but holy cow. You know, I was talking about how Jason Robertson is shooting up the rankings. Brady Kachuk also, right? Especially in your bangers leagues. Uh, he has five goals in his last five games. Brady is now up to 12 goals and 29 points on the season in 24 games. That's a pace of 41 goals and 99 points. Brian, I remember we did a hot takeoff a couple of years ago, and you predicted that Brady Kachuk was going to be a 40-goal guy. And it was like a hot take at the time, and you turned out to be wrong that year. But now it's looking like an obvious take. <laughs> like It looks like... A at least 40 goal guy, if not higher, 100 point guy. He's also averaging 4.6 shots per game, which is among the best in the league. He's also averaging like almost three hits per game. I don't have a question for you. Just saying he's really good in a bangers league. He's, he must be amongst the top. Yeah. Yeah, as he has been, even without the goals coming as much as they've been coming for him this year with a goal every other game. And like, I, you know, I, I look straight to his shooting percentage and I, I don't see a problem with what he's doing. I really don't. So that yeah, you're going to score a lot of goals. You're going to average almost a goal a game if you shoot this much. Yeah. And even on the power play, like he's only shooting like 15%, which is higher than ever. But it, on both the power play and at five on five, he's still underperforming compared to what his expected goals rates are. So there's a, there's a lot of reason to think that Brady can keep up exactly what he's doing for goal scoring. For the assist getting, I'm not 100% sure he's been in on 95% of the goals scored while he's on the ice, which is great. Like he is in every single play at five on five. He's instrumental to making things happen. Um, and I love that he's upped his own shot counts too, but that is, so maybe rebounds are a big part of that. Um, like, uh, his, his increased involvement at five on five is generally around 70% instead of 95. That's one of the highest points participation rates of anybody. It might be the highest if I brought it up, if anyone in the league who's been on the ice for several goals and, and keep in mind, Elon, he's doing all of this with a little less ice time than he's used to seeing too, right? Because the Sens are or were at least at one point spreading out their top six a little more. Um, I think they've sort of been leaning on the Brady line a little bit more recently, but 
yeah, I don't have a bad thing to say or or any cold water to throw on Kachuksi. Well, I, I guess I threw a little bit on it, but he's having an incredible season, and the goals, uh, goals are fun to watch. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, remember, I still remember when people were bagging on the Sens for picking him instead of whoever they. Oh, had, me who too. Else they instead taken, of Philip yeah. Zadina. I remember I was listening. I probably shared this story before. I was listening. I was walking and I was listening to the draft on the radio. I guess I had like on my device or whatever. And I was like, of course, they draft the son of a former NHLer who plays, you know, hard nosed hockey over the skilled European. And we were we were all wrong. Thank thank goodness. Way to go, Pierre Dorian. Yeah, if you look at it now, uh, Darlene went first in that 2018 draft. So you, uh, that was a good pick. Svechnikov went second. Then Kakaniemi, Then Brady Kachuk. Then Barrett Hayton. Philip Zadina. Then Quinn Hughes. There's a lot of hits and a lot of misses here. But I think maybe Brady Kachuk is like arguably the guy who would go second overall or even maybe first overall if they were to redraft right now, depending on if you want a D or a forward. Yeah, totally. I, I would be... I'm if Yeah. That's a really great question in a redraft. So it's basically Kachuk versus Svechnikov, Darlene, and Quinn Hughes. Hmm. It depends what you need. But if you're looking like for a cornerstone to build your team around, Brady seems uh, seems like the, I mean, maybe just because uh, exposure bias, I've seen him a lot, but I'd like him. Yeah. And then you know what? Who else was a good pick? The Leafs took Sean Dursey in the second round, but then they <laughs> traded him. So they don't get, they don't get to keep him. I guess in the uh, trade for Jake Muzzin. Anyway, all right, let's get back to this here. Andy S. had a question for us. He wanted us to talk about what's going on in Seattle. Uh, who's worth holding on to? It's basically his question. He wrote, I held on to McCann and dropped Beneers earlier in the year, but Beneers really seems to be coming into his own right now. I'd say at this point, for sure, yes to both of those two, I think. right? McCann has four goals in his last four games. Beneers, like you said, Brian, is like on fire right now. He has five goals and 12 points in his last seven games. I think Beneers is maybe number one, if not Burakovsky, who we talked about last week, who's still at around a point per game. I'd say Burakovsky and Beneers are like tier one. And then probably you've got like McCann and then also Jordan Eberle. I think I'd call them like tier two over in Seattle. Uh, Eberle's also at uh, around a point per game. I think, yeah, I'd say those four are the for sure hold-ons. McCann, Beneers, Eberle, Burakovsky, not in that order. Yeah, I agree with you. I don't see why I give up on them now. Things are going well in Seattle, except there is one guy that you should drop. Like, go out of your way to drop if you still are holding on to Oliver Bjorkstrand. Uh, yeah, you're snoozing. Uh, it's sad. A uh, 27-year-old Dane averaged nearly four shots per game over his first 12 games. So, like, really promising start in Seattle for Seattle's offseason acquisition in Bjorkstrand. Too bad for Bjorkstrand that he only scored once on his first 45 shots this season. That's a 2.2 shooting percentage. But the promise was there. Unfortunately, since then, uh, Bjorkstrand has taken just 17 shots over his last 12 games and like is basically one shot per game max in mo- the most recent week or two. And Bjorkstrand has also seen a three-minute-per-night drop in his time on ice. So this is just a big blah on Bjorkstrand. Get out of here. Like, this is another promising start and another promising moment for Bjorkstrand and another thud. And he's he's 27. I don't know I can get up for another a year of hope for Bjorkstrand. This feels like it could be the end of the road. Yeah, maybe I'd prefer Alex Wenberg at this point. I don't know. I'd prefer anyone who's producing. Yeah. Uh, Jaden Schwartz, I guess, is a guy you could consider. 
uh, for talking forward, so yeah. he hasn't been that great. Schwar- Schwartz, Schwartz is a frequenter of the gym in our Discord. Yeah. So we have a channel that shouts out anybody who has a cardio, quote-unquote, cardio session uh, when they play, which means you're rostered in the cupful and you do nothing for the whole game. Like, you don't hit the cupful score sheets. No shots, no hits, no blocks, no goals, no assists, nothing. And Schwartz, we're going to name the channel after him if this keeps up. He does a lot. Yeah, he does it a lot. I, I, today, I, in this matchup versus Ben that I was talking about, I streamed in Wyatt Johnston from Dallas. He gave me a cardio game. And Cam Fowler had a cardio game after we've been talking about how good he's been. So, And I'm losing now. Stupid <laughs> Zach Parisi scored a goal. Of course he did. Well, how is Zach Parisi still... Anyway, whatever. Okay. How is, uh, how is that, what's the, what was the end of that sentence? Because there's a lot of, like, how is Zach Parisi still in the league? How is Zach Parisi like, still rostered at all? Yeah, on someone's fantasy roster, but he deserves it. Like he's been having a pretty good year, so I can't blame Ben for having him. Anyway, I should also mention, by the way, there's some players on Seattle you might want to also hold on to on defense, right? Uh, Justin Schultz, like Ben and Lewis talked about, how he's been on a good run. Vince Dunn is always interesting. Adam Larson, if you're in a bangers league, he's also like taking a decent number of shots. So yeah, there's a yeah, Seattle's a good team. They, they, they just need the goaltending. Uh, Philip, you know, Martin Jones really has blown it since Grubauer came back. And then Grubauer had that one good game and now, or even two, but now he had a bad game. So that's a shame. That, that's too bad. They shouldn't have uh, gotten rid of Helberg. <laughs> I think he would have been the answer for them. Helberg, the Helberg is being renamed the answer. <laughs> I'm just waiting for him to get another game. Let's go. But okay. Uh, next, I wanted to go to uh, Vegas to talk about Chandler Stevenson. And I actually wrote him down as someone to bring up, but then I didn't actually get a chance to look up if he's still on a cold streak. But I know he, he's been centering Stone and Eichel for a while now, and he had a stretch where he wasn't doing anything. But look at that. He has assists in his last two games. I was going to say, I promise, Brian, that I was going to say to hold on while he's still got line one, power play one, deployment. Yeah, not to me worry too. About it. That line so is go. crazy good. He, 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 wouldn't, he wasn't going to stay down for long. Okay, so that is an easy one. Uh, then we have uh, Bouchard over in Edmonton. Looks like he's been getting a lot of power play assists lately, which makes me wonder. I still see in the last game, Barry had more power play time than Bouchard, but kind of looks like they're just switching back and forth. Maybe it's like the coach just goes on a whim. Maybe who... I remember there was one team that said that they were putting out... Like, they had two defensemen that were going on the top power play, and it was like, whichever defenseman hadn't, had not been on the ice the, the longest since his last shift was the one that went out to start the power play. So I wonder if it's almost getting to a situation like that. Maybe our Edmonton fan listeners can let us know. But anyways, uh, Bouchard now up to five points in his last five games. So uh, if you held on all season, now you're starting to benefit... He still hasn't like totally claimed power play one, it doesn't seem, but it's it's getting close, right? Like maybe maybe he will have by the next time we talk about him. He's rattling the cage. I feel like that's all I can say, right? Like he's 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 making noise, he's making a case. That's it. Like it, it's good to see, right? So if, if he's been dropped or someone's lost patience with him, get him on your watch list, or maybe now's a chance for you to kick tires just in case this is the moment where things start to go go well for. Him. I mean, we we said but coming into the season, even off power play one, he should be more rosterable this year than he has been. So I there, there's at least that. Uh, but yeah, wouldn't it be great if he took over? And I think that this like shift story about whoever's been out before the power play, that's still progress compared to where Bouchard was for most of the season so far. By the way, Shams is pointing out that it was the Vegas top power play. They were like swapping uh, Petrangelo and Theodore, depending on who was the fresher defenseman. Thanks for that, Shams. Oh, but I think there was, out- there was something, though, about Bouchard and Barry. Like we were talking about why Bouchard was out on the top unit in our in our server. 
<laughs> so, go hang out on our Discord. You get all the information that sometimes even Brian and I can't remember. Also, Shans is pointing out that Eichel is a game time decision for the next game for Vegas. So not a long-term thing, nothing to worry about, but good to throw it out there. Make sure you get him in your IR. Or, or actually, then you have to like set your alarm for like 6.59 or whatever, you know, a minute before the game. Make sure you either get him in or get him out. Uh, depending on, you know, don't miss the last minute news. Uh, who else? I, Brian, I guess that's it for the streaks pretty much I wanted to bring up. I guess we could talk about the Winnipeg guys. Like Ben and Lewis already talked about them and they just continue to be hot. I can't believe Blake Wheeler is on this run after I, uh, you know, <laughs> after I dumped him. Now he has like 10 points we in both five games. Yeah. Yeah. We, we At least sat. I got Petrie back though. That was really good. Yeah. Okay. Nicole Perfetti really like, like he was cold at one point. I had him on my couple team at one point early on in the year. And then he went super cold. I dropped him like everyone did. It's not as if like I dropped him and someone paid like a lot of fab to add him. Like he hung out in free agency for a bit and eventually he got added probably even for just for a good schedule. Now he's on a, what is it? A five game point streak. So that remember Brian, we were talking about Shifley and you were saying how this is like bad news for him that he's swapped with Dubois and he's now centering Wheeler and Perfetti. Like, well, now that's the second line. Like, I don't think so. <laughs> I think that this Wheeler, Shifley and Perfetti line is line one and Dubois and Kyle Connor is line two. I, it, it depends if you define it by the wingers or the center. Maybe, well, maybe it's a one, a one B situation. I would still rather Shifley be playing with Connor. Yeah. In terms of ice time, it's been line one, <laughs> the Shifley, Wheeler, and Perfetti line, it seems. And this guy, remember I was like really shocked that Saku Manalanen had scored a goal for Winnipeg in that game where I really needed Shifley to score? I think that was on a previous episode. Anyway, I ended up picking Manalanen. Uh, you said it was Manalanen, but there's no I in here. So I'm going to say Manalanen. And anyways, he just had a goal and an assist today. And I actually picked him today in Tim Horton's goal scoring prediction game. You know that app where you get to predict who's going to score? Free advertising. And- box three normally that's like all defensemen and then like some really like line four forwards and i remembered that episode where i was like shocked this guy was scoring goals over shifley and uh he scored for me so maybe he is somebody i don't know saku m-a-e-n manalanin <laughs> manalanin i'm i'm looking up manalanin saku manalanin He's good. Yeah. Uh, Brian, I guess is it. Oh, we talked about Soderblom before. We could give an update now that we're in the third period and Islanders are up 3 nothing against Chicago. So this is the problem with Soderblom, right? Is that Chicago's not very good. So uh, he's letting, you know, three goals on 31 shots. He's probably going to end the game with like a higher than 900 save percentage, but probably a loss. So I'm I'm not that interested in him unless your league is vo- like, you know, like rates. If, if you need wins, uh, more of a reason to go for Spencer Martin, which I think we said back in part one, right? Um, yeah. But with that, Brian, uh, do you have any final uh, players you want us to talk about before we uh, you know, get out of here and start enjoying another week of fantasy action? I think we're good to go, Elon. That was good. If if we missed anybody, tweet at us at Keeping Carlson, or better yet, join our Discord community, and you can like you can ask. You can request yeah. for us to talk about players on the show. So if there's anyone we missed, let us know that you think we should should have had on our radars, but also join our community and let us know well, when yeah. we when we put the call out to our patrons. Well, yeah, you could uh, join and you could ask, go to the Short Shifts channel and request for Ben and Lewis to talk about someone, or you could go to the KK episode discussion channel and request for us. We're always putting call outs. We always want to make sure we cover uh, people. I, I could even look. Yeah, we, we covered everything. I'm seeing Daniel. Oh. What time is the show is the latest? Co- well, Daniel, I got bad news for you. The show, show just ended. Uh, but uh, as for everyone else, thank you so much for listening. Uh, like Brian said, 
We'd love your support as a patron. Keepingcarls.com slash patron. That helps, you know, power the episodes. Uh, we'd love for you to give us a review on iTunes. This is the part where I ask you for We've just given you two hours, right? So now we're going to ask you for just a couple things, right? So the review on iTunes or Spotify or whatever, that really helps us out. The support as a patron. You can follow us on Twitter. That doesn't really help us, to be honest. But it's still kind of cool to see how many Twitter followers you have. And you can also give us advice questions. We'd love to just interact with people. Um, and... Eh, I don't know. I don't have anything else to ask for. So I guess I'll just throw to you, Brian, and tell everyone that I'm about to cue the outro music. Why don't you go ahead and read the credits? All right. This episode of the Keeping Carlson Fantasy Hockey Podcast was presented by our patrons. No, it was presented by Dabber Hockey and powered by our patrons. Get it right. Yeah. And Elon said, you know, you power our episodes and also our egos by becoming a patron of the show. We really appreciate it. If we bring you value, if you, uh, if you, We'll offer you more value in return for your value. But thanks to our super supporters who are like offering uh, like so much value uh, to, to their contributions to the show. Outsized, disproportionate value. Uh, thank you, Andrea, Tyler, Aaron, Tom, Ryan, Derek, David, Rob, Ricard. Thanks a lot for, for Ricard's been with us a long time, and he just uh, he just became a super supporter. So thanks, Ricard. That's really kind of you. And of course, Patty. Uh, this episode, uh, oh, we should also mention, uh, we should thank Kevin and our team of the couple co-commissions who are just crushing it, replacing uh, managers who need a break or have gone inactive or aren't able to manage their teams anymore. Thanks to you all for keeping an eye out and keeping this the most active fantasy league with 600 people on it in the world. Uh, thanks, Elon and Shams, for all the amazing work you're doing, keeping us informed via gamedaytweets.com. Listen to Short Shifts. Uh, twice a week and follow Ben and Lewis at Short Shifts KK. Listen to Stream Scheme once a week or seven times a week or 14. It's lim- limitless, really. Uh, yeah, but if you're going to listen to it seven times a week, please download it from seven different devices. Yes. We want credit for all seven. That would be really great. Follow Dave at NHL Stream Scheme to do that. Logo art by BrandonWeeb.com. Outro music by Pat Roach. This episode was researched with help from Dauber Hockey, Frozen Tools, Dauber Prospects, Natural Statric, Evolving Hockey, Cat Friendly, the Athletic, HockeyGoalies.org, Hockey Reference, Hockey Viz, Hockey Database, Elite Prospects, which is, by the way, always where I found the information about Jean-Luc Poudy's family. Great spot to look for family connections in the NHL. And Yahoo! Great job, as always, Brian. Thank you for bringing us all the family connections you found on Elite Prospects and all the knowledge every single week, Brian. It's such a pleasure to be able to podcast with you. Uh, but with that, <laughs> everyone, I uh, hope you have a great week in fantasy. Uh, good luck with your streaming. Uh, look at the schedules. Uh, some really good schedules and really bad schedules next week. So a really good opportunity to get an advantage over your opponents. And again, you can listen to the stream scheme, which already dropped, uh, to tell you which teams you need to be targeting. But Brian, I guess while we're playing fantasy, having a good time, getting ready for the holidays, is there anything else we should be doing while we wait for each Keeping Carlson episode to drop every couple days? I know you're all very busy people, but you can do this without really adding anything to your plate. And all it, all it is is about being welcome and inclusive and making sure that fantasy hockey is something that can be for everyone. 